Sup, you've reached Clarissa, I'm out somewhere being da bomb and can't answer. My bad. <laughs> Leave me your name number and a sweet message and I'll hit you up later. Peace. Hey, it's Amelia. And Sherrick. You told us to call, let you know what we're doing. We're, we get your voicemail almost every week at this point. Oh, well, I guess we'll leave you a message about what we're up to and our pop culture thoughts of the week, and hopefully we'll hear back from you soon. It's almost as if we have a podcast about being excited to tolerate our family for 15 minutes and then uh, and then tolerate them for five days. Moving right along. <laughs> uh, let me try another one. Um, it's, <laughs> you could have left it. I don't care. It's almost as if we had a podcast about worrying about uh our high school friend group reuniting to relive the same four memories each year (laughs) uh it's almost as if we had a podcast about cooking dinner when your counter only fits one plate (laughs) one of those will make it in there (laughs) happy 2024 everybody we made it all make it (laughs) because i was gonna say I was going to say, I just saw on Facebook this morning, somebody Uh from my high school class posted in, there's like a class of 2004, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Facebook group and uh, never gets used, but uh, somebody posted in there this morning, hey, our 20th is coming up. Are there any plans? Uh, Hmm. First of all, no. Second of all, no. Third, Third of, of all, all, nah, no, no, thank you. What did I say, say about it's don't? like the like it's like the person last on my list that I would want to see at a reunion. Okay, fair. So it's like, yeah, sure. If you want to plan something, I won't be there. Mm-mm. But not that it was targeted at me, but. <laughs> But I also was just like, 20 years, no thank you, no thank you. <laughs> I think it's interesting, the the fact that, like, and not in, like, a negative way, that, like, 20 years ago, we were, like, on track to figure out, like, who we were going to become. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, it's being human. Well, and it's. Right. It's, it's I'm just. A, it's a narrative that's perpetuated that we probably should get rid of because we're always figuring out who we are. I was going to say, like, becoming who we are is like a is it's it's a never like a, there's no end to that road. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in stories that we were reading as a kid, it's like that person became Sally Ride, a female astronaut, the end. And it's like, no, Sally did more than just become an astronaut. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like she did more shit than that. But mm-hmm. I just think that it's interesting that like, you know, like for some people, that's like the end of their education journey like they go to high mm-hmm. school they complete it and that's it like they're done yep and they don't get any formal education beyond that and which which i know people again. well <laughs> in some cases but in other here. yeah well i was gonna say in a positive space like i know people who like finished with high school and now they're super successful you know like oh yeah for sure i was yeah so i wasn't necessarily gonna like dunk on anybody but i just no. think it's so fascinating that like that happens for some people and then other people go and then they like they get their beat they get their their bachelors and then they get a master's and then they get a doctorate and like they can look back and be like 20 years ago like i was i i essentially started this track that got me to where i am you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i just think that that's fascinating that you can look back at that as such a long span of time 
mm-hmm. you know, because it's like some people not not so much anymore, but like some people are like, I've been a doctor for 30 years. And it's like, man, like fit like 40 years ago or so you were like, you know what? Maybe I'll get my doctorate. Who knows what'll happen? Yeah. And now you're like, you have your own practice. You know, like that's that's so interesting to me in like a right. fascinating way. And I feel like I get that kind of like introspective sense of I'll call it nostalgia, even though it's not really quite what it is. Mm-hmm. To be like, you know, like 20 years ago, a woman threw a script at my head and now I'm a professional actor. Like, you know, like yeah. well, <laughs> Well, I mean, if we're fast forwarding a little bit, I mean, because I, I graduated high school. Play in the space with me, Amelia. <laughs> but I in mm-hmm. May. So we're still like a little bit still have mm-hmm. a few months. Sure. But in in September of next year of this year, when, I, when you're listening to this, 20 years ago is when I met Steph. Yeah. Yeah. And 20 that, but, years later, I'm doing, I'm on the fourth year of a podcast with her husband. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> fifth year. We're starting our fifth year soon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right? Why does anybody listen to us for this? <laughs> no, no. Four. Yeah, no. We'll start our, we'll start our fifth year of this podcast in February. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Everybody get a life. Why? Are you- <laughs> <laughs> I have I've uh, I've had a couple people tell me like just as an aside with with no sense of like irony or like mocking that they listen and I'm like that's great to hear honestly and truly like it, you know we we did this cuz I was like I want to do a podcast not because I was like it'll make me famous but because I was like it's a fun thing to do like yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the people that like make a podcast and then they get burned out by doing it and then they just like drop it after like, you know, a couple of episodes. It's mostly because they were expecting that like they were going to take off and it was going to go viral as like mm-hmm. the boomers mm-hmm. would say. Like it's still a thing, but like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like going viral now is different mm-hmm. than going viral like 20 Oh, or yeah. even even like ten years ago, I'll say not twenty years. Yeah. I think I don't think going viral was a thing twenty years not ago. Really, like, but getting there because YouTube came out in what two thousand six. So yeah, like, six or so. So twenty like, years ago was like because I feel like that's I, sort of the beginning of viral, right? I can't help but think of the meme of the the baby like doing something, making a funny face or something, and that guy going, "Put that up on the YouTube. That'll get a million hits." And it's like, no, it won't. Like, it's just your your kid like doing an eyebrow raise, like it knows what's going on in the conversation. You know what I mean? Like that shit happens mm-hmm. all the time now. Like mm-hmm. we're at the point where people are doing like camera tricks to like they jump in the air and they're in a completely different spot, but it looks like so well blended together that you would never you can't find the seam and where they they edited it you know or like people who Mm -hmm. just like jump and then all of a sudden they're wearing different clothing or you know yeah i mean charlie bit my finger would not be a thing now oh yeah charlie bit my finger no one would fucking care like (laughs) there's so many memes we still know what we're talking about (laughs) yes when Mm -hmm. i say that Mm -hmm. but my point was is that like I I've enjoyed this like journey with you more than like worrying about analytics or any of that. Like those would be great. You know, like Amelia and Mm -hmm. I would love someday to be like on the stage at some fucking theater doing this live for a bunch of people who are like, I mean, (laughs) I might, there you go. 
Amelia would Amelia would enjoy the part where they go, here's a lot of money. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but like honestly, that's like not why we're doing it. I think is you know, I it it was a oh, thing no, that yeah. like it was a thing that we put together because we were like, well, we're not gonna do this if we just talk about it. So let's actually do it. And yeah. uh we wanted an excuse to like get to talk to each other more than just like once or twice a year yeah. <laughs> at the time, you know. So Pretty much. So yeah, yeah I anyway, a place where I could talk for two hours about yeah. like one <laughs> Whatever. single frame of an episode of Shit's Creek. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to re- but, like what? We'll ha- when's the anniversary on those episodes? We'll have to see and co- go back to those a little bit. Maybe. Oh yeah, maybe because that is what started it. Mm-hmm. I I wanted I said something more vague on Facebook about wanting to deconstruct TV. And you said like, hey, we should, I would listen to that. And I was like, we should do a podcast. And that was the beginning. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I was wanting to info dump about Shit's Creek. (laughs) 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 Um, So yeah, I have looked at our analytics before, but I don't Mm -hmm. think they're right, first of all. Okay. Because we do hear from people occasionally that are like, hey, I do listen to the podcast and sometimes our analytics will be like, yeah, um, 12 people started this episode and all 12 of them stopped listening after three minutes. And I'm like, that's clearly what? not true. Okay. Yeah. Weird. It says okay. that all the time that people leave after the first few minutes. And I'm just like, <laughs> they, they literally just want to know how our day is. And they're like, bye. <laughs> no, it's like not even that far. Like, I feel like it's like they listen to the, the, voicemail message and they're like no thank you bye <laughs> i mean it's not that long but whatever <laughs> no i know and part of me is like well okay if you listen to that first just that if you just listen to the the voicemail greeting mm. and you're like no thank you then we don't want you anyway <laughs> like <laughs> you know like if you don't like that you're not gonna like the rest <laughs> so fair fair but yeah it's clearly not true and shout out to cousin henry <laughs> That's all I know about him. He, yeah, he definitely he told me that he listens. So shout out yeah. to him. And Appreciate that. Yeah, Steph texted me that and said, hey, I just came to tell you that my cousin Henry listens to the podcast. And I didn't think she was in the vicinity when he said that. And apparently told his girlfriend, um, you would know about Animorphs if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> that's how I imagine it was said. I don't know if it's that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was that. That, that sounds about correct. Yeah. <laughs> So thanks for listening, buddy. <laughs> we appreciate you, which we'll get to actually in a moment or two. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you have anything that you wanted to talk about for your week. But I'll tell you uh, the thing for mine is that uh, a Raising Cane's opened uh, less than an hour from my house. So you bet your bottom dollar your boy went and got Raising Cane's today. <laughs> so when you say less than an hour, is it like a 55 minute drive? well i okay so it could be about 50 minutes from my house but it was 40 minutes from my barber so got it i went i went and i was like you know that's what i'm gonna do in In my head in my head i was thinking like i don't know even that's kind of far for me but you know what i've gone to like the way outer suburbs Mm -hmm. to get taco john's so i get it (laughs) Which is funny because there was a Taco John's next door, but it wasn't quite finished. Mm-hmm. Okay, according to Google, 48-minute drive. Gotcha. Which is interesting because uh, my barber 
because I got a haircut today, is about 22 minutes from my house. Mm. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, road math is interesting to me. I don't know. But, like, yeah. well, I would think that the on, yeah, which traffic and, yeah, and traffic and, yeah, exactly. That, so. But, so it was about a 40-minute drive, and I was sitting, like, I had just finished the, and I was like, you know, I do have food at home, but, like, I'm, I'm probably the closest that I'm going to be to this Raising Cane's without, like, expressly going i'm leaving my house to go and get it Mm -hmm. so i might and i was like i have time so i might as well just fucking go yeah grab it and then come back and let me tell you it tasted different than what i remember but not necessarily in a bad way okay you know Mm -hmm. so like i'm curious to see because we are getting one like with like within like decent driving distance so within like 20 ish minutes it's just not Mm -hmm. ready yet like Mm -hmm. i think it's like later in 2024 that's happening Mm -hmm. so it's not like it's I'm always going to have to go to that one or Madison, you know, like, yeah, but I was just like, I kind of want it. I got two box combos. It tasted good, but not necessarily like the same as I remember. Mm-hmm. But that's what I did. And, it, and like I said, it's good. And the next time I have to go to Ikea for something, I'm going to be like, let me build another uh, 20 minutes into that commute both <laughs> ways and come home with some chicken. Love it. So. Love it. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, but we're going to talk about Animorphs unless you have anything else you want to throw I in, Amelia. Don't really. I just okay. it's it's currently the week between Christmas and New Year's, which is everybody knows is like mm-hmm. n- time doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, I technically worked two days this week, but they were work from home days, and it was mostly like if something comes up. And not a whole lot came up. So yeah. I didn't do a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's it's just been a lot of like doing stuff around the house and taking a break, I guess. Yeah. Which is nice. So yeah, not much to say. Mm. Oh, I um I think I said this to you before, but I think I'm saying it on the podcast officially that I'll be at C2E2 this year. I got my tickets. I got my badge rather. Um, It's not. I don't have it here, but I like Mm. they are going to send it to me. Yeah. And I remember feeling pretty good about myself the one year that I was like the only person that ordered it early. So everyone's like, I'm going to go stand in this line. And I'm like, cool, I guess I'll see y'all in there. (laughs) I just have to remember to like not leave it at home. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, you hadn't told me that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just I just assumed like, oh, I not assumed. I guess I just figured that like. The price is going to go up on it the longer that I wait. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I know I want to go like, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's it ends up just being like just me, like I'll figure out a way to like, well, make it I bought happen, my but... ticket already. So, oh, OK, I didn't know. That. OK, good. Well, there you go. Because it was the same thing. I was like, well, the price is going to go up and I'm going to mm-hmm. go either way. So I might as well buy it yeah. now. I was like, I was going to say, I just, I didn't, I wasn't a hundred percent positive you bought it. I don't think uh, our third has bought it yet, but like, I know that like it's, it's on his mind. So gotcha. Anyway, point 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 being is but that last year, I will be there. This, this this last past year, this past mm-hmm. year, I decided to go so close to the date that uh-huh. I did pre-order my badge, but I it, they couldn't mail it because right. it was too close. There's a so cutoff, I didn't yeah. realize that that was the thing. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, oh shit, they're gonna mail it to me, and now I gotta keep track of it. Fuck, <laughs> can't I just pick it up at will call? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there is an option to do that if you want to. 
I um, feel like maybe it cost more or something. I don't know, which sounds weird, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Point I'll is, point is, is we'll be there. So if you listen to this, if you listen to this, and you're like, hey, I want to meet these people, we'll be there. Yeah. Um, Chicago. Uh, Chicago. Uh, end of April. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm being slowly coerced into going to PAX East, which is the end of March. Okay. Um, in Boston. Never been to Boston before. I'm a little nervous because, like, I, I know some people that are going to be there. Uh, Dan Hutton, who is a friend of mine, is going to be there. She is the voice of Kate Marsh from Life is Strange, if you don't know. Um, I, like, got to play in a cyberpunk game with her. And, like, I was like, I just want to say I'm a big fan. And she she basically didn't say this verbatim, but she was like, oh, no, we're friends. Like, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've like stopped into her stream a couple of times and she's like, it'd be so cool to meet you. And I was like, uh, I, you know, like, I don't know. I have, I, I could, I think I could spend a whole podcast just talking about like making friendships in, in a post COVID world mm-hmm. and how like, I'll just, I'll slip it in here. And if we want to talk about it another time, we can like, mm-hmm. I know very well that there is like a parasocial element when you are dealing with like people on the internet who have mm-hmm. done a thing that you like, mm-hmm. but like, I'm not necessarily, I'm not one of those people that's out there to like, like pretend to be your friend. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I seek out people to interact with them because I genuinely want to interact with them. Mm-hmm. And if it's like, if it's like a parasocial thing, I get it. I totally understand, but know that like, I am gunning to be your friend. If I'm interacting mm-hmm. with you, I'm not trying to like get something from you or like, use you as a stepping stone to anything because i know mm-hmm. some people that do that kind of shit and I'm, i just mm-hmm. think it's like really kind of gross that like some people are just like i'm going to i know you know this person so i'm going to be friends with you so i can get to them you know what i mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i don't like i don't really like that kind of sense of feeling or anything like that yeah but, no that's true um, uh so so basically like if i'm if i like I'm like, hey, I want to play a game with you or whatever. Like, I actually do want to do that. It's not just like a, I want that clout. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's not a call out to anybody. It's just that's that's, I think how I'm wired. So sometimes when I like find out, like, oh, this is a parasocial relationship, I gotta go. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> so because you said that, it reminded me of this tweet thread. I don't know where it came from because I probably sure. saw it on Tumblr because <laughs> I don't really mm-hmm. use those things. It's like, me, it's important to be wary of developing unhealthy parasocial relationships. Also me. If I don't listen to every episode in this podcast's archive, I will disappoint the host, my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. But we, uh, like I said, I, could, I think maybe I, I'll slip that in a thing and we can talk about parasocial relationships versus actual relationships. And mm-hmm. because I think it's important to like make that distinction and, and is, is, you know, not everybody that you get to interact with on the internet is going to become your best friend. But like, right. you know, there are people out there that I'm like, I want to be friends with that person. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not like, I'm not like clout is not a thing I'm thinking about. I'm not trying to like get on their podcast. I'm not trying to like, mm-hmm become famous because i know them it's like a, mm. i just like they seem cool to me and i want to interact with like, that person you know yeah. so and i think that like in an era where everybody wants to make content and become like internet famous that's super hard because yeah. some people are always going to have their guard up 
Me included sometimes too. Like I've had a couple of people that were like, you know, Jade. And I'm like, yeah, how cool. That's so cool. That's so interesting. So tell me about Jade. And I'm like, you're going to have to be friends with Jade to get that info, dude. I'm not just going to like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, just give you that info. It's weird. You know, mm-hmm. anyway, point being, we're talking about Animorphs today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, speaking of sp- speaking of weird, weird relationship feelings, we're talking about <laughs> Animorphs today. That's more than just a little bit of a joke, because the first book that we're talking about is The Illusion, which features uh, Tobias as the narrator. But if you were to look at the cover of this particular book, I could understand why you might be a little confused because it's Tobias going from Hawk Morph to Andalite Morph, which oh. is what Axe is. So it's got a nice little like, uh, like, uh, you know, tr- like semi, semi-transparent model for Tobias in the background. And then it's the Hawk turning into an Andalite. So the book description on the back says the Yurks possess a weapon that could be the biggest threat to the Animorphs yet. The anti-morphing ray transforms a person in morph back to its natural form. Unless they find and destroy the top secret ray, the Animorphs could be exposed for good. Which kind of uh, brings back like this mini arc of like the Yurks getting like an anti-morphing ray. Mm-hmm. So, so that is what uh, is coming, coming through here. This one was published in September of 1999. I don't have any info on whether this was ghostwritten or not, but I know that K.A. was... It kind of employing them at the time, so mm-hmm. it's possible. There's a lot to this book. This is probably several people's uh, favorites, honestly, because oh. it does hit a lot of... Um, I won't say it's my favorite. I don't know if I have a favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, I probably have said, well, this is one of my favorites, but I don't have... If someone was like, what book is your favorite Animorph book? I mean, probably, if you made me choose, I would probably say the first one because it was so encapturing to me. Yeah, that I was like, I had to go out and be like, what? How does this story end? I have to know. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, it was the, it was a subtle but very perfect hook for me, if you will. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know if I have like a favorite favorite. Anyway, mm-hmm. this one starts at a school dance, and Tobias is in his human morph because, uh, for those of you who don't know, Tobias broke the rule. He stayed in Hawk. Well, not on, not he didn't do it intentionally. He kind of mm-hmm. had to do it out of self preservation. Mm-hmm. But Tobias is what is called a Nothlet. He broke the rule. He stayed in Morph too long, and now he is trapped in Hawk Morph. That is his quote unquote natural form. But he was given a second chance by uh, a creature named the Elemist, who basically was like, "Cool, I will return you the power to Morph, but if you stay again, you're trapped. Like you're mm-hmm. trapped, trapped." Mm-hmm. So basically, Tobias is naturally a hawk now, and he can enter a human morph. Like he has that. They kind of broke that that time space rule a little bit and allowed him okay. to like acquire himself. Uh, this happened super early in the series, so if you don't know about that, you may have skipped a book or two. <laughs> so anyway, point being is, is he's at a dance and he's like, he's awkward. He feels awkward not only because it's a school dance and like there were too many people that were like naturally comfortable in that setting at the time, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of funny that we talk about that after we had that like huge conversation about like like high school days, et cetera. Like I always liked I always liked going to school dances, but I was always nervous that like, I don't know, like I wasn't going to be like perceived properly or someone's going to like call me a nerd or something. Uh, Anyway, point being. Yeah, I always liked school dances because I like to dance, but I definitely was self-conscious, particularly in middle school. Mm hmm. 
And I remember I used to hide in the bathroom during slow dances because yeah, I, I did not either yeah, didn't I, want to be asked, was scared to be asked to dance, but I was also scared not to be. Yes, so 100%. I was like, just hide in the bathroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I disliked slow dances. I would just like bolt off the off the you know anyway. Uh, but yeah, so Tobias is is feeling awkward because he's not used to being in human form after mm-hmm. spending like. The majority of his life as a hawk um and like like us he's nervous also because he's pretty sure that rachel wants him to dance with mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. but so so he ends up dancing with rachel and he happens to glance at the clock and goes oh i only have a few more minutes i gotta go <laughs> mm-hmm. because as i just previously stated if he stays in human morph too long now he's he is a human again permanently but he's mm-hmm. out of the Yerk War. Like, he's no longer useful. He is just flat human. Mm-hmm. So he he bolts and Rachel, like, kind of catches up with him and is like, so this relationship's kind of challenging because, like, like, we like each other, but it's kind of hard to be like, hey, my boyfriend is this hawk that, like, sometimes <laughs> becomes a human, you know, like. At least she knows. Like, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that's she comes, way better she, than, like. Yeah. <laughs> She's very upfront and basically being like, everything else is crazy. So like having a normal relationship would be cool. And she kind of is like, would it really be that bad if you got stuck as a human again? And like mm-hmm. he does Ooh. escape and regain his hawk form. And he's kind of unnerved by that because it just feels like. It feels it feels a bit selfish, which is on track for Rachel, but like with all that's gone on with Tobias, it just feels mm-hmm. like this is maybe not the time and place to just like try and appeal to him to basically be like, Hey, change your entire life for me. And who knows if we'll stay together because right. I I could die. You could die. Like I get mm-hmm. it, but you know, it's, it's a weird situation to put in and it's mm-hmm. incredibly, it's, it's an incredibly complex relationship dynamic to throw into a young adult children's book you know like right <laughs> well like yeah. a young adult book rather not necessarily a children's book but like mm-hmm. so it's interesting jake kind of makes a remark to tobias basically saying like i'm glad you made it back we do need eyes in the air and tobias is a little bit skeptical of that comment because he's like i think he might be telling the truth that he's glad that he made it back but also jake has kind of been changed in so many ways from his basically being like, basically everyone kind of forced him to be the leader of this like children war band, you know? So like, he's not necessarily thinking about this from a teenager's perspective anymore. He's thinking about it as like, Tobias is a really good asset for this team and we need him. Right. Rather than like, Tobias is my friend, you know, officer, not their friend anymore. Right. Like it's, that's what makes this all again, another challenging dynamic of like, we watch these people become no longer they're they're friends to an extent, but that line stops where their normal life is like doing things like this. It's it stops there. Like as soon as they're in like war mode, for lack of better words, like Jake cares about them because he he can't like do a animorph recruiting drive, you know, like he can't just mm. like they tried that with David and we all know how that fucked up. <laughs> Fucking David. Yeah. Ew, David. So the next day, they meet together in Cassie's barn. Eric Chi, the the uh, Eric King, sorry, the Chi, catches up with them and is telling them more about the anti-morphing ray. Chief among this intel is that they don't know where this is being held, 
but they are the the sharing which is kind of the the yerks like one of the yerks fronts is they're hosting a big unveiling for a new community center they 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 kind of surmise that maybe the yerks are looking to trap a quote-unquote andalite bandit to test the ray on Mm -hmm. and they kind of come up with this idea of being like let's have one of us walk into this trap willingly like so they can figure out where it's at tobias is very much quickly like okay so there's more to this plan than meets the eye because if the ray works then one of them is screwed you know what i mean like if they if they go in as a a human and they're hit with the anti-morphing ray and nothing happens the yurks are more likely to surmise okay so this is actually just a human being Mm -hmm. and then they'll go okay so we're not actually fighting andalites we're fighting humans with the power to morph and then they can more easily because like that's like the big thing is and, and i'm explaining it to the audience less to you amelia but like mm-hmm. that's the big thing that's on the animorph side is that like the yurks are assuming that they're fighting andalites hiding in plain sight you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they're not they're not assuming that like six kids or sorry sorry five five kids six i guess axe is still technically a kid they're not thinking that a bunch of like human kids got the ability to morph and are like basically wrecking their shit <laughs> in this invasion. <laughs> <laughs> so he Tobias quickly understands that like Jake is kind of like prodding him indirectly to volunteer for this mission mm-hmm. because that if Tobias is caught and he is in morph and they use them like if he's in hawk morph and they use it on him nothing's going to happen cuz he's not morphed. Mm-hmm. So like he's he's got a distinct advantage over the other anamorphs in that like he basically is like well I can acquire axe they can hit me with the ray I can morph axe and then they'll go oh either it works or it doesn't work like they'll uh-huh. basically just go oh wait you know they'll they'll basically it'll it'll throw them off the trail basically uh-huh. Uh-huh. in that kind of route or they'll just kind of realize that like oh maybe this thing doesn't actually work I don't know. They're basically trying to basically fuck up the the Yerk's plans in that regard. Mm -hmm. But they do acknowledge, Jake specifically acknowledges that, like, he's like, well, there's no guarantee that the Ray couldn't just kill you. Like, it could just be, like, it makes you demorph and then it, like, kills you afterwards, you know? So, like, Mm -hmm. they're like, this is still high risk, even though we have, like, like, a counter plan for this that could work well. They are like, well, this is really kind of the only option here. So Tobias, with permission, acquires Axe so that this plan can hopefully go off. We cut to the forest and Tobias and Axe are basically kind of bonding over their experience. Because if you, I don't think I've talked about this too deeply, but this is uh, something that you find out in one of like the side books for sure, is that through some fucking space-time magic bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Elfangor, who is the Andalite that gave them all the morphing abilities, is technically Tobias's like biological dad. Oh. Fuck. Which makes which makes Axe his like uncle. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember there's, this. Yeah, so so this was this I think this is why the the there's a lot of uh of good feelings for lack of better words around this book is because it kind of 
it kind of ties up that loose end that starts in like I think it's in like the Andalite Chronicles, which again we did not cover yet. I think I meant to, but I was like, let's just go through the main story of it and maybe we can cover the side mm-hmm. books later. But just off of memory, there is basically Elfangor spends a, a good chunk of time on Earth, basically as a human. Like he 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 morphs and demorphs, etc. But like he comes to Earth, he falls in love with a woman, and they have a kid together, and that kid mm-hmm. is Tobias. So okay. he finds this out through some of the space magic bullshit that I mentioned. While the Elemis is kind of giving him his power back, he kind of put the stuff that that, that is uh, two and two together. But yeah, so basically, that's like a big thing that kind of gets in the loop that you kind of, you know, again, you kind of need to read the Andalite Chronicles to understand that a bit better, but it, there's there's a way to figure it out. Gotcha. So okay. um, Axe also teaches him some moves to kind of like help him refine his Andalite disguise. Like he teaches him mm. how to use the tail blade a bit. He walks him through like Axe's evening ritual that is like an Andalite custom. Mm-hmm. So he, he kind of is he kind of not only like refines his disguise, but kind of teaches him a little bit about like his heritage for lack of better words because technically yeah. he's like part Culture, andalite you know yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's it's interesting in that regard mm-hmm. so the next day after this happens the sharing event kicks off jake is with his family as this happened tom is get tom who is a controller is given an award and tobias is in his hawk morph flying overhead mm-hmm. axe is in human morph which uh as a recap for those who forget uh Axe did some space magic bullshit and acquired all of the other Animorphs and then just morphed them all together. (laughs) (laughs) He just like put all their fucking shit together and was like, this is my human morph. Because obviously if Mm -hmm. he morphed Jake, there'd be two Jakes and that's weird. Yeah. So, excuse me. There's a little bit of comedic relief that happens because as Axe is in human morph, he has a lot of senses and stuff that he's not normally used to. Mm-hmm. Slight recall for Amelia, he did go nuts over Cinnabons and cigarette butts. Uh, so they had to pull him away from an ashtray. <laughs> so the rest sense of the made sense. The other yeah. half. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the rest of the team is all in fly morph, and Tobias and Axe, after this situation happens, they uh, they kind of recover from this minor scene of Axe getting distracted by food. And they sneak into the back of the community center and they discover the location of the trap. And it's it's so fucking stupid, Amelia. It's so stupid because it's just a playground with a tunnel, like one of those, like, you know, slide (laughs) tunnels. Of course it is. So they're like it. This is like this is like that. Hey, here's the entrance to the yerk pool. Oh no, don't slide down here. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what I mean when I say it's stupid. It's basically they just look at this and go, "Oh, so we're just supposed to slide down this so we can get to the yerk pool? Like it's that easy? Like mm-hmm. are you fucking like <laughs> like what? Are you serious?" So they the groups all convene near the playground and Rachel hides in Tobias's feathers and it's basically her job to report where the ray gun is. Uh, Axe and Tobias make a break for the tunnel, which draws the Yerk's attention. Uh, Tobias flies all the way in while Axe aborts at the last minute to draw the rest of the controllers that are going after him. Inside the tunnel, in the connected room, Hawk Tobias confronts the controllers who are in place to spring the trap. At the head of the ta- at the head of this group, though, is a young woman who looks like like really, really like Rachel. Mm, okay, which like 
kind of throws uh, them for a minute. And she identifies herself as Taylor and says she's a subvisor in the Yerk ranks. So basically, if you recall, visors are like the the like the top. There's like visor one through 20 something or whatever. And then there's sub visors, which are like just below them. Okay. Hence the name. Mm-hmm. She happens to have a stun ga- gun that she shoots at Tobias. And she does like she clearly does not give a shit about collateral damage because a couple of like Hork Bajir get like fucked up in the process of this. But mm-hmm. she does not care. Mm-hmm. But she does. She does hit Tobias. And Rachel slips off the ground and she's like vulnerable to be stepped on in this mess because she's in a fly. She's in fly morph. She can easily gets stomped on. So Tobias is basically by himself at this point. And the plan is has fallen apart. Tobias is stuffed in a box and then they relocate him. When he's let out, he finds himself in a larger clear box with the ray gun po- pointed directly at him. And Visser 3 is there with two controller scientists. They test the ray gun on Tobias, who does not change. <laughs> and Visser 3 gets now? Yeah. Visser 3 gets mad and basically goes, uh, so you scientists have kind of failed me here. You know what your grand prize is? A trip to a pit full of Texans. And he drops them in. <laughs> he doesn't do that exactly. Uh, reminder, Texans are like oversized centipedes that are like just like murderous to a fault. Like they're just okay. animalistic. And they, like they I think I remember telling you a long time ago. It's been a bit. This, it's been a since I've familiar. talked about them. Yeah, they're just this- like fucking like fucking like eight to 10 mm-hmm. feet long or longer. I can't remember. I'm making that part up. They're just yeah. giant centipedes. They got like jelly colored eyes and like they, they will absolutely do a cannibalism if, if that's what it takes. Yeah. They're just no. like constantly Now that you're hungry. saying this, I remember this, but like without remembering that, what I thought you said was a mm-hmm. pit full of Texans. <laughs> this here pit ain't big enough for the three of us. <laughs> Yes, 100%. And I was like, I mean, depends on which Texans uh, could be good or bad. (laughs) It does. So after this happens, Visser 3 turns to Taylor and goes, torture this one into demorphing so that we can infest him and then they can give information on the rest of them. Mm -hmm. So this... (laughs) This leads into one of the more um, traumatizing things that happens thus far, because it, it I mean, we're going into pages of this, this person mm-hmm. literally being tortured for information. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of a thing that like, I mean, Animorphite, Animorphs, I think, already pushes the pushes the envelope for like what is acceptable in a children's or I guess a young adult like novel and we're already talking about like literal teenagers being forced into war and like seeing death and ptsd Mm -hmm. etc so Mm -hmm. like taylor is using a this ray gun to shoot like rays at tobias that like trigger pain sensors in his brain Mm -hmm. so like he's he's starting to go through flashbacks of like of periods in his life that highlight like why he does not want to go back to being a human like we're seeing a bully who constantly comes to bother him. He comes home with an award and his uncle is like, there's no money in it. It's worthless. You should just get a job, which as a reminder, when this started, before this all started, 
Tobias is 13. So like his yeah. uncle is like his uncle is like, just go get a job, kid. Who cares about this stupid award? You know? Um, sorry, uncle, that's not fucking legal. Mm-hmm. Even so in basically, if, if you <laughs> if, if you watched the Princess Bride, think Pit of Despair. Like that is what we're getting here. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Tobias goes, I can just go back into like hawk mode and I will be fine. Mm-hmm. Because the hawk has no understanding of what is causing the pain. Or that it it just like it it's it, all it knows is like what the hawk knows, you know. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't care about a fucking award. It, it's not thinking about like mm-hmm. a bully or anything like that, you know. So mm-hmm. Taylor figures this out that he's basically just kind of like meditating in the mind of a hawk, essentially. And she goes, "Okay, interesting." So she introduces a third setting. Which sends uh, rays that connect to the pleasure sensors in his brain. So she's basically just ping-ponging him back and forth between, like, the good times and the bad times. Like, she's just, like, there's no in-between. He's just going, it's like yanking him back and forth. And it kind of ruins his plot to, like, use the hawk for safety. So we see in in these these pleasure flashbacks, like, he stumbled upon an elderly woman who would take him after school and feed him treats like as a kid. Like she basically mm-hmm. would just be like, come in. I made cookies. Come hang out. Mm-hmm. And then it's memories of him going on these various flying dates with Rachel. And uh, in, a, in a short break, Tobias realizes that something is up with this woman and that like she's not she's not like. For a controller, she's not normal, if if you will, like. Okay. I, I I always struggle and hesitate to use words like crazy mm-hmm. when it when it comes to like humans or characters, but like mm-hmm. that's essentially what we're being told is that like Taylor's kind of nuts, mm-hmm. and so she he starts kind of like trying to pull some information out of her, and he finds out that she had once been the homing homecoming queen of her high school, but she suffered a house fire that left her badly burned, and she ended up losing an arm and a leg. Oh, damn. And so she lost everything that was important to her. So she turned to the Yerks and they're like, become a controller. We'll basically give you your arm and leg back. We'll heal you. Somehow throughout this, the Yerk that infested Taylor and Taylor herself have kind of merged their personalities. So they kind of switch between identifying past Taylor as herself and past Taylor as someone completely different. Okay. So this is like a like an unbefore like reference to kind of a wrinkle in like yerk human relations, I guess, for lack of better words. Mm-hmm. By this point, though, Tobias is to is is past the two hour limit and Taylor has realized that she's failed to get this Andalite to demorph, which makes her panic because she's like, well, he's a Nothlet now. He's useless, essentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like even if we were to like infest him it's not going to be helpful to have a a hawk controller you know Mm -hmm. like and she's afraid that she's going to be next in the whole taxon not texan taxon pit (laughs) (laughs) so uh because she's panicking she just goes fuck it torture full blast have all of the rays just Mm -hmm. uh, just free 99 on these rays that are going to just overwhelm him and he feels that he's dying he's like ah this is it this is going to be the end for me 
the light at the end of the tunnel is coming and it's not the light that like brings you back from death. It's the one that you step through to go up the escalator to God or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he experiences this vision of an Andalite coming to him and he presses the tail blade to the forehead. And that that triggers memories from his father's point of view. And Elfangor says that Tobias has come from a long line of warriors who put others before themselves and that death can save his friend. Death to save his friends is a noble way to go. But before the light can go out, the other Animorphs apparently have found out where Tobias is at. They come in. They battle with Taylor. The hork come in. They they basically have a big fight. The ray gun gets destroyed in the middle of this. And it kind of ends up with Rachel getting an opportunity She's basically got the paw ready to like smack Taylor's head clean off. Uh, And Tobias is like, don't. Throughout it all, he hasn't been able to avoid drawing comparisons between Rachel and Taylor. And he's like, well, Taylor's strength became from her beauty. And without it, she basically led it led her to do all these awful, like terrible things. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Rachel has a stronger inner self that like her beauty isn't the only thing that like, I guess, for lack of better words, is propping up her ego. Mm-hmm. So basically, Tobias is like, don't be Taylor, be Rachel, because you look so similar, but y'all are very, very different when it comes to the inside. Mm-hmm. So they end up escaping. Taylor does not die, uh, at least not from the Animorphs. And they're on a beach <laughs> and they're trying to get like a sense of normalcy. Tobias describes his his vision to Axe, who is who is shocked, and he says, Axe says, there's a legend that some memories are passed through the DNA and they can be triggered in the last moments of life. But mm-hmm. he's been sure that those were just tales. Rachel joins them on the beach. Tobias runs to her and they hug. Tobias confesses that he had a bad time and almost gave in, but he knows who he is now, and he is mm-hmm. the person that Rachel loves. And they kiss and then they go flying. So that book is is a lot, like I said. Yeah. Heavy. One of the yeah, heavy. And one of the things that uh that they kind of focus in on too that I didn't really hit is that it leans in heavily on like the shortened lifespan of a hawk that like I mean, never mind a hawk living in captivity, like Tobias is essentially a hawk that lives like in the wild. So mm-hmm. he is much less likely to live as long as one in captivity. And mm-hmm. he's certainly not not meant to live as long as a human being. Like, yeah. So like, that's a thing that like has to be considered is like, does he is is there going to be a point where he has to. Like, figure out. You know, like, does he have to make a choice? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah before like the like being a hawk ends up making that decision for him so Mm -hmm. and that is uh the illusion there's so many things that i think i can talk about as far as that that book is concerned like themes and stuff like that that i hit on but like you know i I didn't really talk about marco in this book but he has a couple of other lines that like are, are kind of important but i think the you know like the visions that that uh tobias gets where he's in that like pain situation he's like thrashing around and he's breaking his wing he's losing feathers and he breaks his beak like which like turns out to be things that are actually that like actually happened to him Mm -hmm. because he's thrashing about in this box this clear box he doesn't have a lot of room so like Mm -hmm. him like thrashing his wings in that you know bird bones are not 
the strongest things in the world. So it's mm-hmm. it's very easy for him, like, to have done so much actual damage to himself. Yeah. For those who don't know, like, a bird losing its beak is essentially a death sentence. Like that's their, that's like, that's how they eat. (laughs) You know, they can't, you can't just like push food into the hole that is in their face. It doesn't work that way. So like, it really kind of focuses on like Rachel at the end, realizing that Tobias is in this awful, broken, literally broken state and is Mm. still asking for Taylor to be spared. Like it must have been like, it it kind of really just shows how strong Tobias can be. So yeah. Whew. Fun. Anyway, thoughts? Um, <sighs> no, not really. Just like, yeah, that's pretty, it's a lot of heavy stuff for this mm-hmm. age group. Yeah, so. definitely. This is one of the books that I think that shows that more than most is like how awful this stuff can get. So. Mm-hmm. It gets in there a lot. I, I'm I, the the next book. There's a lot, a lot to cover. This one is called The Prophecy, and it is uh, Cassie. It's a Cassie led book. Uh, this one came out in October of 1999, and this one uh, has uh, Cassie morphing into a Hork Bajir. So you get to see what a Hork Bajir, at least as stylized um, by the um, by the author or by the the artist rather looks like so it's uh rather an interesting cover i'm gonna see if i can throw it your way real quick so you can kind of see while i talk about it kind of a smaller photo but that that it is what it is oh okay so it gives you a little bit uh of what they look like so Mm -hmm. this book is interesting because it is it is not a hundred percent a quote-unquote cassie book okay and I'll get to that in a bit. So it starts out with the one of the dumbest adventures that the Animorphs could be going on. <laughs> it's it's cat it's Rachel and Catmorph and Cassie and Ratmorph who are invading a teacher's home to retrieve a piece of paper that Cassie accidentally turned in with her homework. Oh no. And it has a doodle that says, I love Jake. <laughs> Okay. Do do they think that the teacher will not like keep that on the DL? Because like I'm sure teachers sh- see shit like that all the time. Mhm. It I was expecting that it was some sort of piece of paper that said something about the animorphs or the war or something. No, it's just uh, the crush that she has mm-hmm. that probably half the school already knows about. <laughs> <laughs> So naturally, Rachel teases uh, Cassie a big bunch about this book, uh, this, mm-hmm. this, this uh, situation, mm-hmm. but they end up getting it, getting it back. Um, Cassie uh, returns to the barn and is surprised to find Yara Hami, who is one of the free hork Because as a reminder, a good chunk of the, the hork that are on Earth are controllers or they're just like subservient to the yurks and like are cool with whatever the yurks are doing mm-hmm. but there is a small subset of hork that 
do not want anything to do with the war. They just normally Hork-Bajir, despite their like terrifying appearance, they're herbivores and they are very peaceful generally. But the Yurk saw them and were like, we can turn those into killing machines. So <laughs> let's do that. Um, so Yara ha- tells uh, the Animorphs uh, that they're, that something shocking has occurred. That a species called the Arn, like A-R-N, that created the York, the Orc-Bajir, they have arrived on Earth and they're, they have a request. So the Animorphs all fly to this hidden valley, uh, not, the, not the ranch, but the hidden valley, <laughs> where Toby, who is the Orc-Bajir seer, who, as also a reminder, is essentially named after Tobias, explained that the armed are, have... have uh, they commandeered a stolen Yurk ship and they arrived and they're like, we need the Yurk Bajir's help. But that Toby wanted the Animorphs in sight before she made any decisions, which is why Yara went to where she knew the barn was to, to retrieve the, them. So um, this particular Arn says that he is the last of the species, but he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go by himself like out like he he doesn't want to go quietly. Like he basically wants to reclaim his and the Hork-Bajir's homeworld from the, the Yurks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they explained that before Aldrea and Dak passed away, who I'll, I'll get to them in a bit, but they managed to capture the Yurk ship and it was loaded with weapons. Uh, Arn, pro- the Arn provo- proposes to basically get some Hork-Bajir DNA and create a guerrilla warfare combatant group on the homeworld that can fight the Yurks who remain there. The the Hork-Bajir are all willing to contribute DNA, but the holdup is that uh, the Arn doesn't know where the weapons were hidden, and only Aldrea, who uh, is one of the other, like, Arn, I assume, uh-huh. is dead. And she's the only one that knew where it was. But she did have her personality slash memories transformed, transferred into this jar thing that can be used to bring her back, but it would be sharing the mind and the body of her of the host of... Oh, you know, okay. so they basically say like this can be a temporary thing. She can locate the weapons and then be returned to the jar. But Aldrea would have to choose to leave. She can't be forced out when she's in a host, hmm. which basically is like it's a it's a risk. <laughs> it's yeah. a risk here. Right. So Rachel, of course, immediately is like, I'll do it. <laughs> it's me. I'll, I'll, I'll let this this entity share my body. And Toby. <laughs> Toby the seer is also like, I will also do it. That is fine. After some debate, they agree that it's for the best. They do this ritual, but the ritual reveals that Cassie is the one who is chosen. Oh. And Cassie is like, uh, what? Uh, but she knows that like she can, she really only, like she, she has to accept like the ritual Mm -hmm. has chosen her. If she says no, this, this does not happen. Mm Mm-hmm. So this this is why I said that it's only half of a Cassie book, because now mm-hmm. we start skipping chapters between Cassie and Aldrea. So gotcha. okay. this happens and now they're sharing their mind and body. So they, they, they're struggling to find a balance. Mm-hmm. Aldrea starts off shocked, confused and scared because from her perspective, she was just alive like moments prior. And now mm-hmm. she's in a she's in a completely different place in someone else's body sharing and she's not alone, you know, like mm-hmm. she's, she's in a, she, you know, she was just alive with, you know, their, their child and her husband on the Hork was your home world. And now she's 
on an alien world inside of an alien girl and that her husband and son have been dead for a while, you know? So Mm -hmm. there's also a lot of tension and mistrust between Axe and Aldrea, but they explain that they need, they, they explain what they need from her. And she finds out Aldrea realizes that she's able to keep some of her thoughts private and that she unfortunately does not know where the cash is. She, it was hidden after she had transferred her memories, but she wants to tra- travel back home. So she agrees to the mission anyway. So they all go back. Uh, the Chi remain behind to pose as the, the Animorphs at, while they're away. So basically there are some Chi that are like acting as, as Jake, uh, Tobias, Rachel, Cassie, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think really, I, I think less Tobias, honestly, it's mostly just the, the ones that are human and need to keep up appearances so that no one goes, mm-hmm. huh, haven't seen Jake in like, I don't know, a <laughs> couple weeks. <laughs> Wonder what he's up to. <laughs> Didn't call, didn't say nothing, just disappeared. So mm-hmm. they all take off uh, into this Yerk ship and they go to the hork homeworld. Days later, they arrive and they get into a brief battle with an Andalite ship that is patrolling there. The Andalites only see the Yerk ship, so they immediately go, Yerks must destroy. But Aldrea takes over to to use her skills as a pilot to to basically escape this, this Andalite ship. Mm-hmm. Which also gets uh, get, gets her some trust points with the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. And she also begins to appreciate Jake's leadership skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. interesting. They arrive on the homeworld and Aldrea is shocked and, and depressed to see like what the Yerks have done to it. The trees are mostly gone. Land is barren in so many places. You know, it, it, it used to be this lush homeworld for them. And now it's just like this place that the Yerks have conquered and stripped of resources and they don't give a shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're led down to one of the deep trenches where his civilization civilization used to exist. The Arn leads them there. Um, the uh, mental barrier between Aldrea and Cassie slips for just long enough for Cassie to realize that Aldrea has been lying and she doesn't know where the cash is, which then loses Aldrea some of those trust points that she just worked so hard to get. Yeah. So they say there's nothing to be done but to move forward with Aldrea's best guess as to where they might have hidden it. Because they're all there now. Like, it's like, what are you going to do? Just go home and be like, well, get out of my body. And she's going to go, well, maybe not because, you know. Yeah. She's alive again. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the, the perk to that. Mm-hmm. So they all realize that they're going to best get through this place by morphing hork So they do that. Aldrea leads them to the valley that used to be her home. But the Yerks, of course, have destroyed it which is, uh, you know, it crushes her because she's like, you know, this is, you know, when I left, this place was still intact. I had my husband, I had my son, you know, it was, it was bad, but it wasn't this bad, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but she is able to spot one tree that's part of the dam that has a marking that she and Dak put on it, which is where the cash would be. But um, the entrance to the hollowed out tree is on the other side and it's submerged in a yerk pool. So... (laughs) Jake and the rest of the Animorphs are like, we are going to come up with a plan, which Aldrea says it's crazy. And Cassie kind of like goes, uh, first time, this is this is what we do. Crazy missions are like all that we do. We've been doing them for over a year. <laughs> yep. That and, is accurate. <laughs> and Cassie is like, I trust Jake's leadership skills. So they put this plan into action. So they morph bugs. They climb into Cassie's mouth, who is, who's morphed into an osprey. She flies as high as she can, and then she begins to let herself fall. 
Uh, she begins to demorph, saving her wings for last because Cassie is the one that has like the most control over morphing. Mm-hmm. And Aldrea is in awe of this because she's never heard of anyone be able to control her morphing. But Cassie, as Cassie's drawing things out, Aldrea begins to panic. Uh, because obviously Cassie doesn't want to be spotted as a human girl falling into this yerk pool. Um, yeah. and she tries to, and she tries to take control. However, Cassie's a fucking boss at this point. So she not only <laughs> shuts down this like attempt to take over her body, but also tells Aldrea to just shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Cassie morphs fully into a whale and lands into the yerk pool. And while the other Animorphs are in her mouth, they uh, begin to they begin to morph. She surfaces and Axe Andalite, uh, Axe is an Andalite. Uh, oh, sorry. Tobias is an Andalite. Axe, Marco as a Hork-Bajir leap out and they start fighting the Yurks. Jake has morphed a shark and so has Rachel. They start taking care of the Taxons that are powering around because like mm-hmm. the thing with the Taxons, which I'm going to stop just a second to say, is that like. All you really need to do is like wound a taxon and then go, hey, other taxon, that one's kind of looking, there's some blood over there. And they go, mm-hmm. hunger. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, you know, they can they can kind of use that to their advantage a little bit. So basically the chaos ensues, but they find the Yerk, the Yerk weapons cache. But there is only one way out from this particular place um, after Aldrea slash Cassie have demorphed from whale and then human and then into Hork-Bajir. So uh, in this in Hork-Bajir morph, they're able to open the secret door into the tree and they all escape where they find the weapons. They then load themselves into the ship and blast their way out, which creates this massive sinkhole, which kills thousands of Yerks, which... Uh, you know, because Cassie is who she is, she's actually sad about this. Like, mm-hmm. these Yerks aren't necessarily, like, they are not necessarily evil in the sense that, like, you know, I mean, I guess it's it's like they are, but they aren't, you know? Like, they are mm-hmm. still, they are still creatures that, like, deserve to exist. It's just the way in which they have kind of gone about existing that is problematic and shitty, you know? Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. and especially because Cassie has had situations where it's like these yurks are they're born blind and deaf they like and they swim in a pool like mm-hmm. if if we could if there was some sort of like thing that they could cling to that would give them that ability maybe it wouldn't be this way but it is what it is right. so i think that that's what makes this hard is that like even the yurks in all of their evilness and such like ultimately they are also just trying to survive you know like yeah. it's it's it just makes it all difficult. So anyway, right. um, Aldrea is very intrigued by this, that like Cassie is very much like on the Animorph side, but can take the time out to like mourn the deaths of these Yerks that like had to go because they needed to escape, you know? Mm-hmm. So she realizes that there's nothing left. Aldrea, that is, realizes that there's really not anything left for her here. And she realizes that like, Cassie can kind of shut her shit down. So like uh, she agrees to go back to the jar and she insists that Toby, who was essentially her only remaining family member, not stay here. Um, uh, She wants a family member to not get caught up in the guerrilla war. So with the Animorphs help, she puts on a scene saying she's trying to take over Cassie. And then Axe grabs Toby and tells Aldrea that they're going to keep her as a hostage if Aldrea doesn't leave, uh, which makes Aldrea leave Cassie and she fades away. The other, like, basically, uh, 
there's this this it's a little bit subterfuge that's a little bit weird but like they know that eventually toby will realize that this was a bit of a trick but like by then it would be too late for her to do anything about it so i see okay so yeah so that's the end of the book it kind of just leaves off at that point I think my favorite thing about this particular book was just that scene in which Cassie goes from Osprey to and like leaves the wings for last Mm -hmm. and then morphs as soon as she's done morphing that immediately morphs into a whale and they really kind of they really highlight how good Cassie is at this whole morphing thing Mm -hmm. like it's it's it just you know even with Aldrea Pant like and not only is she like really good at it but like she's free falling from a stupidly high height and Mm -hmm. she's not only able to focus on that but she's got a whole nother entity a personality in her brain that is like what are you doing we're gonna die like ah like like freaking out and then She's able to basically like wrest control of her body away from this entity and like shut their like like their 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 protests out as this is all happening. Like it really mm-hmm. it really puts a really nice spotlight on Cassie. Mm-hmm. But it does also kind of like make this very interesting too, with Aldrea being, you know, uh being there. So yeah, that's that's what I've got for you on that book. Not as long, I guess, as mm-hmm. <laughs> as the the previous one. So we 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 have officially hit the hurdle in which one of the the couples has has used the L word, that being Tobias and Rachel in the previous book. So mm-hmm. we're really kind of just doing the whole looking at the watch bit, waiting for Cassie and Jake to get the memo, and for <laughs> for Marco to just stand by himself. <laughs> Poor Marco. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have taken a drink. <laughs> oh, man. You're welcome. So, <laughs> I just wanted to point out that the Arn, I was just calling them the Arn, but they actually give the Arn a name. Okay. And it is Quafinijinivan. Quafinijinivan. Okay. Which uh, threw me for a fucking loop and a half when I was reading this kid, this book as a kid, and I and it's so interesting that I do not remember that in the slightest mm-hmm. until I was going back looking through notes. Mm-hmm. But here's a quote that I wanted to highlight from the book. Uh, but she is just a vessel, the Arn said with a sort of greasy smile. Why would you humans need to come? And Tobias responds with, "Because you think she's nothing but a vessel. That's why." Damn. I just thought that that was like a nice little like Tobias doesn't usually get those like one liner quips like mm-hmm. that are high that are like true highlights. But mm-hmm. it was just nice to to kind of throw uh, that out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's a here's a lovely other moment for you that is uh, super dated now. <laughs> he being the Arn had to come. Star Wars The Phantom Menace isn't coming out on DVD there for like two years. He buys up a bunch of copies here, takes them home, makes a fortune. Good grief, Marco. You you live science fiction. Why do you want to watch science fiction? Marco, (laughs) don't be dissing TPM. Cool is cool. (laughs) The movie sucks. Not not according to Marco. (laughs) Marco sucks. So for those of you keeping kind of uh, track of the war here, this is a huge, huge, huge victory for the Animorphs because it means that a world in which the Yerks were like 
sure for sure that they had conquered and they're all set and basically just using as like a satellite yerk pool to continue to like create more yerks mm-hmm. now has a war on its hands. Like yeah. the hork bajir have weapons and they're going to be like, like DNA, like they're going to use the hork bajir DNA to create new hork bajir to fight mm-hmm. on the, on their home world to try and get it back. Mm-hmm. So that means now the yerks have to like basically aggregate resources that, that were possibly being used on earth back on the Horkbyshire homeworld. So, like, that's a thing to, to know. It divides their attention. And whether Cassie likes it or not, a good number of Yerks got zeroed out in this particular book. So that's going to be a bit of a drain for the, the Yerks to try and recover from also. So there's that. I think uh, I think Visser 3 doesn't show up in this book. So there's really not, like, a villain here that the Animorphs are, mm-hmm. like, they're fighting the Yerks collectively, but there's not, like, a Taylor or a David mm-hmm. or a Visser Three or a One or a Chapman that they're really, like, going after that's, mm-hmm. like, causing this. You know, it's just, like, the Yerks in general. So mm-hmm. it's one of the few books that, like, there isn't really a main villain, you know, mm-hmm. that pops in. So it's it's interesting to, like, have them basically fighting the collective Yerks and not, like, Visser 3 is planning to uh, uh, turn the president into a controller or they've got Arnold Schwarzenegger at the Hard Rock Cafe downtown. We got to save him. You know, like there's mm-hmm. not there's not necessarily like a moment like that. So it's just interesting in that regard. Thoughts? I don't know. Nothing comes to mind, really. Just like, yeah, as as usual, I'm just all along for the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and OK, yeah, it's a crazy so. Idea crazy messed up world (laughs) it really is especially for them so i'll take this time out to say that and we're not going to get to them for a couple of weeks still but like the next couple of books not necessarily all in a row Mm -hmm. i'm i may there i may just do like a super cut episode with you to kind of cover like because 35 36 and 37 are in my opinion the weakest of the series And I don't really know, like, I I don't want to go into too heavy depth. I think I might just hit the plot points of those so that we can stay continuous. But like, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, there's not really much that happens in 35 that like there's that you can really hit until like the end of the book, which is like a cliffhanger to another book. That's like Mm -hmm. not it's not even a book that's like in the line. It's like one of the spinoff books like Elfangor Secret or like the Mm. end of like Chronicles. It's a book that is simply just called Visser. So like maybe we'll talk about like I kind of want to just talk about those books in like its own separate episode instead of trying to like fit them in places and throw people off. But okay. 36 the Helmicrons come back. So we'll be talking about them. If you forgot who the Helmicrons are, they're the fucking tiny little uh, aliens that like have these massive egos and they shrink other people uh, to their (laughs) size and they fight them. Uh, And I won't tell you what's what's going on with 37, but it's probably one of my least favorites. And then we'll be back with the Helmicrons in like three other books. (laughs) So like like four, sorry, five other books after that point. So. So, yeah. That's that's what's on the, the horizon. Uh, anticipate that the next Animorphs episode that we do will probably just cover like 35 through 37. And then uh, so that way we can kind of just get those out of the way. And then 42 is not not great, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to those. So we'll get to those and we will uh, make up a theme song for it because this is Amelia. What the fuck is this? Woo! <sighs> OK. This is the part of the call where I uh, send Amelia something wild and crazy kids on the internet and uh, I don't tell her what it's about. So uh, 
All I'll say to you listeners is that when Amelia picked this particular one, I just sent her a smiley face back. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) All right, enjoy. Okay, I'm scared. (laughs) Ooh, this post may contain erotic or adult imagery. I have to be over 18. Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) My God. (laughs) Okay, well, this is a TikTok of a... What? It was just a, well, this is a TikTok. <laughs> what if I just said that? Like, just, well, this is a TikTok. Gotta go, buddy! <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Go on. A female presenting person taking their anger <laughs> out on a a dude shaped punching bag essentially yeah i i uh it's basically just like a torso <laughs> and a head um but i i do enjoy the um camouflage baseball hat on this gentleman <laughs> but yeah it's just a it's just a collection of ways in which she knocks it over pretty much And I think my favorite is when it cuts to outside and all of a sudden she's throwing like a whole giant ass Christmas tree at it. (laughs) That I was not expecting. (laughs) I think, I think my, my favorite one is she just casually eating a slice of pizza and then she just like slaps the fuck out of him with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like she's just like angry. It was like a, like, too angry to, to hold onto the pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the one where she just like screams in his face like real short and then slaps him. Yeah. Yeah. I So there's yeah. I've not done that, but uh <laughs> could conjure up the emotions needed to do that. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, if you have thoughts on uh, the uh, episode that we just uh, put into your ears, you can reach us at A-S-W-A-Y-D-P-O-D on the Instagram or at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to Amelia at Shake Meets World or Fuck the Perfect Life on Instagram. Uh, I am still holding on to the shambling corpse of uh, Twitter. I refuse to call it what it is otherwise. Yeah, no, no, one, no one's going to call it that. It's so funny. It's so funny. If if I have to not call it Twitter, I'm going to call it the site formerly known as Twitter. Known as Twitter. Which I think is very interesting. I saw my my favorite version of that mm -hmm. in an article, I think, that had to do with wrestling, where they said it was like the the wrestler so-and-so posted on X in parentheses, knee Twitter. <laughs> like, like, it's like, that's the perfect, I think that's a great way to, to, to say that. That um, is yeah. great. Because usually that's used for maiden names. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. So that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for me, I'm channeling, you know, the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no one's going to call it that. It's stupid. But yeah, so I'll be, you can find me at A Black Sparrow, all those, all those places. And yeah, I think that's all I got. Sorry if we talked too long. I probably hit the limit on your voicemail. So I guess next time we'll call about how we're desperately trying to make our retainer fit like a wet, like a wedding dress in 2000s movies. Bye.